ready? No, stop chewing. That's all right. You keep chewing. Chew, chew and dance, Pernell. <laughs> Break it down now. Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 31-1, and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week... <laughs> Well, I don't know how I got into like this this habit of saying it, but I want to say it because I want I want people I want listeners, new listeners, to understand what we do every week. We listen to great video game music, and not from one console, not from one generation. We listen to all video game music. We pick a topic that may or may not make sense at the time, <laughs> and then and we, we pick run with it. games and music based on that topic. I'm really happy. I think I. I I feel like I pushed this week's topic through because one, because I was like, well, we haven't done this one yet. It's been on my list for a long time. And two, I had a few tracks that I really wanted to play today. And uh, I have I feel, a, I, a lot a of part nostalgia. Of me wants to say, I was taking a guess on it. Part of me wants to say that, like, most likely like, Tim, that guy, our friend Tim suggested this, because it just sounds like a thing that been. he would say as a topic. Honestly, I thought it was you. There's no, <laughs> there's no way I would have come up with this name. Like, Hearing the name makes sense, but to come up with it, um, no, I wouldn't have been the guy for this top. No. I should, okay, I want to let our listeners know I finished for sure all of Persona 5. Okay. He, actually, he, he finished Persona 5. I, like, I, 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 but, 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 but he did create a fog for it because he told me he did <laughs> and he said he was going to do it before I, New Year's. I did not do and it he told me on New Year's Eve nope. that he. Had beaten the boss, but he hadn't seen the credits. And I was like, well, well, the deal, the, the, the arrangement was you got to beat it before okay. New Year's. So, and New Year's. Yeah, I didn't do that. But okay, so, but on, on the third, <laughs> the first, the first work day of the New Year, I did it over lunch. And um, during our live stream, um, our, our listener, I think our Patreon member, I don't know, our listener friend Stephen Miller said, you have hours to go. You have hours to go of cutscenes and whatever. I would tell you this. I would, I would have hours to go if I was completionist and actually and, and did all of the um, social links as I did not, because you have to go and say oh! goodbye. To, because you can go and say goodbye to everybody before you leave if you max them out. I did not max anybody out, so I just I wandered around Tokyo being like, oh, I like this place. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I got all those guns. And then I came back, and um, and the cat told me, hey, are you done? And I was like, yep. I said, are you sure you can't go back? And I said, yeah, I'm done. Are you sure you, this is the end? I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm done. I'm not going to bed, Morgana. Leave me alone. Yeah. I'm like, oh. No, man, I went to bed a lot in that game. I, slept, I did nothing but sleep. So you didn't max out any of the social links at I'm, all? Oh, I mean, obviously I maxed out Morgana because you got to, because it just it just does, and, and someone else too. Um, oh yeah, the co- anyone that anyone that you were forced to, <laughs> I didn't. Wow. Okay. The, so what were you? So were you just like going to bed on days where you didn't have to? I was I was watching movies. I was making coffee. I was studying <laughs> for school. There is so much. You more were like that- the. I was the you're introvert like the of Persona person. Five. <laughs> I was about to say you. You're like the one person I know who played that game like they live. It's like yeah, I could go out, but I'd rather just make some coffee and read a book. I was. I true. don't even deal with this mess. I'm like, okay, no one's calling me on my phone, so I'm not gonna go look for like you know Ryuji at the school. I'm just I'm, I'm gonna hang out and like do a crossword puzzle. You didn't even do the crossword puzzle, did you? Nope, I did. There's a Nothing crossword that puzzle didn't in that game. It was awesome. <laughs> 
That, that's my problem. Is like that's the one thing that makes me sad about that game. Is like they give you all these cool activities, which I guess I shouldn't feel bad because that's really the nature of the game, and you kind of proved it with how you treated it, which is they give you all these social like these activities you can do by yourself, but as far as in-game rewards go, they don't match up to social links. Yeah. So. I could do the crossword puzzle, but I could also get bonus experience by going to talk to this person that runs the Megami that so run, uh, runs over the Megami you know tra tarot card line. Yeah. So now my Megami characters are super powerful. Exactly. Or I can do the crossword puzzle and have one to guts. I did. I had all the guts in that game. I maxed out my guts. I maxed out all my stats. So, which meant nothing except that I could talk to more social links, which I did not do. That you avoided. <laughs> and I was, like, I was wondering, like, how did he get through the game without knowing, without like all these extra like boosts that I had? And it was because you worked on the social links, which then got your personas to be more stronger. When you, yeah, what when you did the fusions, you I didn't do that. So it was like when you fuse them and your social links high, then you get extra levels on them. I didn't do yep. any of that. So, like, my monsters just weren't that strong. I call them monsters. Well, I, mean, I mean, it's Pokemon we're playing. Let's be serious. Well, I mean, here. you still could have good ones without that. Obviously not as good. No. But if you're fusing them, you're still giving them skills from two monsters plus the skills the, the new monster has. Yeah. So, you can still have a decent cut. It's just you won't be getting, like, whatever the back end things are for personas because they take too long to level up if you don't get bonus experience. It's almost impossible. Uh, I had That's two, how demons are in all the Mega Ten games. Yeah, I had two that I, I ran with like through the whole game. It was uh, Shikyoji, the origami persona. Good call, yeah. Because he's amazing. Because he saved my butt. And then um, Horus. I don't remember Horus. It was like a blinding... It was All it was was a bird that was a blinding white light. You couldn't even really see it. It was like a blinding white light with like wings. And like I, I, ma I maxed out. I gave him all of like these good powers, and just ended up being like, like one of the best, the best things to hang on to through the whole game. It wasn't even like that high of a level. It just had really good, like resistance to stuff. That by the end of the game, awesome. it was just I just was like, this is all I need. Um, so now I put that away. I finished that. I started playing The Witness again because I have a my TV smaller now. My my big TV broke, so I'm actually getting less sick playing uh, a first person on a game. smaller TV yeah yeah so you think maybe it's because you had to focus on more area no I think it's because of like, like TV because my, my living room is a little smaller so like I'm closer to the TV I don't know if other if our listeners experience this too um, go ahead and write us an email about it no but if you're too if you're close to the TV and you're playing like a three 3d game like it kind of like I don't know I feel like I'm too close to it and it makes me kind of sick so I'm playing that but for now what I have been putting time into which is going to blow your mind. Actually, it's not. You're going to be sad. Well, maybe not sad. I don't know. I'm looking forward to your Final reaction. Final Fantasy X. No, I'm playing on the PC, online, Settlers of Catan. <laughs> I'm obsessed yeah, with it. That that does... It doesn't make me sad, but it does puzzle me. I, because... Why Settlers? Well, you know... Well, aside from that, it is a good game, but it's, still, oh, it's why a good the game. digital it's, one? It's, it's base Settlers. Um, I, I started watching these YouTube Wait, videos. Base Settlers, even? Based. Now I'm now I'm upset. Based settlers, um. So <laughs> I got you. There's a gate. So I'm playing, um, because yeah, because I started watching these YouTube videos of this kid playing, and he had all these cool strategies, and I was like, I went to a tournament, and I was like, this is really interesting. I found it really exciting, like watching the trades and watching him play, and I was like, there's a lot about this game I don't know, and then I thought about all of the years that you and I played this with like Christine with my other friend Henry, and how I've never won a game. 
And yeah, like, you did. Okay, maybe once or twice out of like a billion. And so I'm like, there's, <laughs> there's got to be, there's people out there who win tournaments, which means they're consistently winning with bad positioning, with bad placement. They, they know what they're doing. So mm-hmm. I became obsessed with learning how to win, learning how to play settlers better. And I'm getting really good at it. That's good to hear, because yeah. I mean that's really how you get good at games. God, stay on a game, a video game podcast. But that's how you get good at games is by repetition, yeah. and that's the downside to like how our usual flow is, which is that I bring a bevy of crap, yeah. and there's never time to play a game more than like four times. Well, technically there is, but I'm always like, "But well, we could play this instead." I'll tell you this: I'm still not very good at wingspan. We've been playing more wingspan, and I'm like. Every time I play, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And we finish the game, and I'm like, I have no points. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about, it's, I mean, there's luck to it. You got to get a good engine. There, there is, there is, there is. And, and you got to roll but, with whatever you get. And I got to play with this expansion I got here because rumor was that uh, that got rid of the one method to winning the game, which, by the way, if you're not doing this with Christy, you're doing it wrong. You Ooh. always max out eggs at the end. Yes. And, no. and the base bottle, you have to get a lot of eggs at the end of the game. Yes, that was Chris. That was how Christy um, uh, um, won it out. She was like really bored because she didn't have a good engine, but she had just she was just laying eggs. And by the end of the game, she had all these all these more points. And I was like, ooh. Even if that's you didn't, tough. the thing is, even if you have a good engine, though, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Good engine, bad engine. The way they designed the base model of that game, last round, final eggs. rounds, you stack up on eggs. Um, but the last expansion they put out, apparently they did some changes. They actually changed the entire board. Like you mm. get different boards and they Ooh. did something that makes the egg strategy less effective. Wow. Pronounce egg strat. I'm going to do it. Well, yeah, do it. I'm telling you, every game I've ever played, final round, I'm bulking up on eggs. And if I got an engine, some way, shape or form, it's going to give me eggs because mm. it's going to be running through the fields. That's <laughs> how it has to be. That's the most powerful one. Oh, I'm going to so, do that. I'm gonna totally going to do that. Um, oh, sorry. We should, yeah. we should get into the topic and get into some tunes and then keep talking, catching up. Um, so our topic this week is unexpected multiplayer, which can mean a yes. lot of things. <laughs> I took it in a very specific manner. Like it, when I heard it, I was like, I got it. I know what I think about this. It's like, I, what did you think of it though? I've got, I've got some... Some games where, like, I didn't realize I was going to enjoy multiplayer a certain way. Some other games where I didn't realize there was multiplayer. Um, that was me. That and, was that one. And then I have one game, which I'm sure you have too, which has a multiplayer that no one really uses. Interesting. I'm Honestly, sh- I didn't do that part, maybe but I, maybe or maybe I do and don't realize but it. But I'm going to have that come up in the bonus round. Um, so okay. I'm curious to, to what you got for your your first uh, your first game for your unexpected multiplayer topic. There's actually, there was actually a couple I could have gone with, but in the end, some of them just didn't have the music for it, at least in my mind. So I dropped them out. But the first one I'm going to go with is uh, from Mega Man Seven. Um, it's the Wily Castle Three theme, and it's, it's composed by Yuko Takehara, Toshihiko Horiyama, and Makoto Tomozawa.
Welcome back. You're listening to Wily Castle 3 from the game Mega Man 7 on the Super Nintendo. Um, composed by Toshihiko Horiyama, Yuko Takehara, and Makoto Tomozawa. Mm. So, aside from the fact that this track, in some respects, is kind of like a, it's like a, it's like a cheap, like it's cheaping out on the composing, and because it sounds so much like the Junk Man theme in the same game, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But this is also a really good song, which could, in some respects, be considered better than Junk Man's theme. So I'll forgive it. Uh, the reason why I chose this track, though is because this is actually the track that plays during uh, what I would call definitely an unexpected multiplayer moment. Mega Man 7 actually had a two-player versus mode in it that you could get to by putting in a password. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. I learned about it because of Nintendo Power. Um, you put the password in, and you go to a character select screen, where you, but you can only choose between Mega Man and base. And once you choose one or the other, you go to a 1v1 battle, Jumping around, sliding around, shooting your guns until someone's dead. Huh. Though the cheap thing seemed to be that Mega Man, because I looked at a video today to refresh myself on it, and one thing I didn't remember, but apparently the guy was doing it, Mega Man had his wet, his robot weapons in that video that I was watching, which I don't uh, remember him having. Or so maybe so Mega Man's them. got all of like all of the boss weapons, and then and ba- Bass has his laser, and then Bass <laughs> has nothing. He has nothing, which oh, is man. unfortunate that because is unfortunate. he's just like. <laughs> But well, I mean, it's, it's true. Like, just Mega cool Man, there's like a little afterthought. Yeah. Mega Man needs needs the Robot Master's weapons in order to be Mega, right? Otherwise, he's just Man. Well, I mean, he's Mega Man when you turn the game on. I mean, he's, he gets the the weapons make him Mega Er Man, <laughs> more Mega, more Man, uh, more 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 Iron helps him play. Uh, but there's your Simpsons episode. Well, I didn't uh, know this had a, had a, a two player mode, but you had to see you had to put a code in. Yeah, to put in a password to, uh, to access it, and then you you know battled it out, and it was just an interesting little thing that existed in that it didn't serve a major purpose. Like you couldn't strategize it or anything, and it really just set up the table to say, you know what, we need an actual Mega Man versus game, which lends itself further to me complaining about how Smash Brothers portrayed Mega Man. Mm. Spoiler alert, though, or just to clarify, though, I like Mega Man in Smash Brothers. But I also feel like it was an extremely missed opportunity because they could have done with him. They could have treated him kind of like a me character in that when they put him in, they gave him a bunch of the boss weapons and you just had to give him like yeah. specific ones. Yeah. Like you could either have this is up and B or this one could be his up and B. Oh, even you could in, have this uh, one is over and B or that one. Even in Marvel Capcom, they could have done that. I mean, he yep. had, he I had thought like they a, did at one point. Cause he, he had like a few weapons. Like he could do like the tornado hold. He could do the the, the soccer ball, and he had something else. But like leaf shield I, in the yeah the leaf shield. But like I felt like that was like it. Like they just gave him like a few things he could do. But like if they were like if he could grab like reuse Hadouken, you know, like that'd be cool. You know what I mean? Like and take or take a Wolverine's claws. Apparently, if I remember correctly, someone listening could correct me if I'm wrong here. But I think on the PS2 version, he could get. Uh, the final boss's weapon. Oh, that'd be amazing! I have to look that up. I remember he. Had, cause I remember he was like. I remember seeing a screenshot where he was red, and he actually he had like the, he had these red like beams coming out of the ground, which was like the final boss's attack in that game, or it was Magneto's attack. Um, huh. That's what it was. It wasn't. It was Magneto specifically. He could get Magneto's weapon, and he let, he let him fire beams out of the floor. I'll I'll look it up later. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It. It's hard to look it up because if you look up Mega Man anything, and you hear he's, there's, he has so many games. You know, so it's hard to it's hard to hard to figure out what's what. Um, But like to me, I feel like this is a good example of like unexpected multiplayer. Like it comes up 
like, I'll be blunt, like, it's really, for me, with this definition, I think it's really hard to find games. This is one I wouldn't mind hearing other people submit tracks for, because <laughs> I, this is a really hard topic, I think. Yeah, if you, when, if you look at it technically, yeah, but if you look at it from, like, a personal story slash nostalgia point of view... Like, I'm that's true. Like, I didn't realize this game was going to be so fun in multiplayer. Exactly. Unexpected fun. Here we go. So I'm going to start mine off with... Okay, this is my first... I think this is my first online multiplayer game that I played. And it says Choo Choo <gasps> Rocket for the Sega Dreamcast. Oh, Neko Waka <laughs> Yeah. Um, this, this, this game has a very short, very, very fast, interesting-sounding soundtrack. This is composed by Tomoyo Otani... And we're just going to listen to the title screen for a little while. Back, you're listening to the title screen music from Choo Choo Rocket for the Sega Dreamcast. It's composed by Tomoya Otani and I his wacky ass drum machine. <laughs> going, the drum machine going crazy. I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever heard the second half of the song in their life. I mean, who sits on the title screen of Choo Choo Rocket for this long? Even if you go to like, um, like game mode or even like network mode where you're waiting for players, that is. A different song and we played it on the show already because it's super chill this song is nuts it's, it is nuts yeah i'm a fan i am very much a fan i feel like this song encapsulates what the game is like <laughs> just madness um i just realized i'm officially stumped on my uh, i'll get to that later okay but like so i'm surprised you picked this track or not this track, but from this game. Was okay. it because you were un- you didn't expect to have this much fun in this game's yeah. multiplayer? I, I, okay, one, I didn't expect this game to be like one of the early launch titles or early titles of the Dreamcast because it's so weird and, and Japanese. Like, this is a strange aesthetic, you know? And um, Very minimal, too. Very, very, very minimal. I don't think I've ever been worse at a video game than at Choo Choo Rocket. I cannot, really? I can't handle this game. 
my brain does not it, can, it doesn't compute everything you have to do it's, it's a puzzle game but it's an action game but it's, a, it's more of like a puzzle but it's also a race because it's always multiplayer i mean this is a this is a versus game um, but um, I played this a lot with you, and I played this a lot online, trying to get better. This is one of the first like online games I took on the on the on the Dreamcast network, plugged it into my phone line, waited for everybody to go to bed, <laughs> and turned on Choo Choo Rocket, and got my butt handed to me over and over again online. It was surprisingly tough for how simple it is. Like yeah. I was good. I felt like I was fairly decent at it, but. The problem was, well, for those who don't know, because Choo Choo Rock is old as the Dickens at this point. Oh, my back. Uh, you were basically nothing. Like, you weren't anything. The game itself, however, involved mice running around, like space mice trying to get to their rocket. They ran in a straight line, but whenever they came across an arrow or a wall, they would change direction in the direction the arrow or the wall told them to go. If there was a wall, they would just turn right. Um, and you were trying to guide them to rocket, a rocket ship to leave the planet. There were also space cats that were walking around the map that trying were trying to, to eat them. them. Yeah. And they fell they fell along the same rules of logic. They walked until they hit an arrow or a wall. So your goal was to drop arrows to guide the mice while also leading the cats away from the mice. But also and with multiplayer. Yeah, leading your opponent's mice into the cats so that you can get your Oh no 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 not that. The mice were everyone's pick. But oh, that's you wanted right. to get the cats to the rocket because if the cat got to the rocket, it would eat the mice inside the rocket. So you were like, guide the mice to your rocket and guide the cats to everyone else. That's what I was saying. And the rockets were the ones that were colored. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was very fast paced. Very fast. So it's like you couldn't do it methodically. Mm -hmm. There's no there's no time to be methodical. You just got to blitz like, okay, there's an arrow. Counter that arrow. There's an arrow. Counter that arrow. <laughs> and you only had a, you had a max number of arrows you could place too, so you couldn't spam arrows. I think I was, was um, I think I was yeah you only you only put down like 3 or maybe 4 at a time and so and then you couldn't just keep laying them down I think you had to actually pick them up right I think so It was all and it was something really it was manic but I was thinking about this a lot because I found my old my my original original Dreamcast in my basement when I was cleaning it out this past weekend and I'm really really happy that it's there I have it hanging I have it sitting up on my speaker right now up there with the Genesis now? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, when I worked at Electronics Boutique, um, people would turn in their Dreamcasts to get PlayStation Twos, <laughs> and people oh. have bought like the the special colored ones, and so I took the covers off of this colored ones and put them on mine. <laughs> I gotta say, there was something about that that genuinely irked me. Like it was one thing when a person was like, "Oh, yeah. oh, admittedly, this irked me too." But it was one thing when someone said, "I'm not going to buy a Dreamcast. I'm going to wait till the PlayStation Two comes out." It was nothing entirely to buy a Dreamcast, especially a special color one, because they came out later. Yeah, and then trade it in for a Dreamcast. I mean, a PS2, considering how close in years those two releases were. Yeah. It's like you bought a $200 game console. And played it for not even a year <laughs> and then traded it in. Well, I mean, like for you and me, I feel like the games were like, we're right on point. But for a lot of people, you know, they wanted games and, and like a, a DVD player. So they got what they wanted, you know. And of course, the Dreamcast didn't, didn't quite make it more than what, two years, three years? I guess it was three years. Well, yeah, that was a number of, that was a multitude of factors. One was the PS2, of course. Um, 
the other, and I still, Somerset, I think, might be even, I didn't think so before, but now I wonder if that was one of the bigger ones, was piracy was really easy on it. Yes, that's... Easy in the sense where, like, if you had access to America Online, you knew how to pirate games. Oh, I know. I had a... Exactly. I had, um... That's the other thing that I found, was all of my burned discs. Because I sold most of my most of my original games. Mm-hmm. And so, but I have whatever's left over. Probably with Choo Choo Rocket sitting around somewhere. But, um... Uh, but I found, like, my... my my binder of like the original um uh the japanese jet set radio of um the japanese fantasy star online that i couldn't play online (laughs) (laughs) japanese star offline yeah the jet set radio that you couldn't finish because there was that one guy who did the perfect grind through the whole place and he couldn't catch him oh i beat him but my god was it painful like by the time you beat him you mastered the game you had to fight the boss hard enough to begin with i mean just to finish that game it took me forever there's, it was there's a few games, jam in the sewers. There's a few games I'm really proud of finishing, but only because I had the flu and had nothing to do but stay home all day long and play a game, and that was one of them. The other one's Kingdom Hearts. Probably both of them. Yeah. But. I need to finish the third one still. I need to go back and just try. Just try. But one and two will crack. So, I mean, I guess this isn't like unexpected multiplayer, but it's unexpected that I, I took advantage of. Like, this is the first online experience that I played on a console. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like. I guess this is a, like I said, this topic in general is just like a weird one in that having to decide on which is which, what to go on, is like I, I, honestly any pick is a good pick. As long, you know the deal, you know the rule of, of, of well, we can't say Fight Club anymore because you know, you know, Last Recon's kind of claimed that domain. But one rule of Pixels and Rhythm Club, uh, you can't uh, as long as you can justify. It, it works. If yeah, it, fits, it goes, it everything, everything goes. There's, it's no hold, no no holds barred martial arts video game music podcast. That's right. You right, just what, gotta be able to speak for it. What's your and first now? Track I'm stumped. Then? I'm sorry. What's what's your next track then? This is a doozy because I have three tracks to pick and I only have two left. Uh, Magumbo's. Well, I like music in this game, so I'm going to pick it and go from there. This is from the game Guardian Heroes for the Sega Saturn, and the track title is called Roundabout. And crap, yeah, I guess I already said it, so I'm sticking with it. I'm roundabout. <laughs> and when we come back, no, it was Norio Hanzawa. That's the composer. And I'm sticking with it. I had three tracks written down, like it's one of these three. I don't know which one to pick. So we're going with Norio Hanzawa's Roundabout. Yes. All right, let's do that it. That sounds like a video game title, actually. <laughs> it does. I think it is.
Okay, I acknowledge that. I don't even feel bad for picking that track. That's I'm like good even track. the other two were Ooh. the other two were good, but this track is great just as well. So any track's a winner from Guardian Heroes. I'm sticking to it. This track was called Roundabout, and it's composed by Norio Hanzawa again from the game Guardian Heroes, released on the Sega Saturn, and then later the Xbox 360. Uh, so you might be thinking, why the heck would Pernell pick Guardian Heroes? Of course, it's got multiplayer. It's a beat 'em up, and you would be right about that. But the unexpected part came in what I discovered the arena in the game, which is one of the battle stages and the, generally the main one people utilize when they play battle mode in this game. What am I talking about? Well, as you play through the game, you choose between one of like, I want to say it's like five different characters, one of which is Serena, which you Wait, unlock. Garden Heroes is a, like a side scroll and beat em up, right? Yes, and you can jump between three planes. Right. So like like front, the foreground, background, and center ground. Um, now, as you play into the game, you fight a variety of different enemies, monsters, and there's a multitude of different routes you can take as well that leads to a many a different ending. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure beat-em-up. It's friggin' awesome, and to this day, I stand by my belief that it is. People like to say Streets of Rage 2. I think Guardian Hills is probably the best beat-em-up ever made. Followed by Fight and Rage, then Streets of Rage. Don't care nobody says, beat it! That's my stance! Which, um, streets, of, which, the, which streets of Rage are just Streets of Rage in general? Three. 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 I say three before two, even though two has the better OST overall. But three is better for gameplay, and it also does have good, albeit experimental, music. Yes. Um, the, I agree with So, that. as you're playing through this game, you fight a variety of different enemies, and when you've beaten the... Well, I think you have to have it even before you beat the game. But as you beat enemies, you actually unlock them for use in the special arena mode that the game has. And the special arena mode isn't locked at two players. It goes up to six players. You can actually put in a multi-tap unit and play six-player beat-em-up with all three planes, and it gets ridiculous. When you start bringing some of the final bosses in there with their giant, like, exploding attacks, and you have them all leveled up to level 99 because you can level up in the game. It was ridiculous. Awesome. But you could also have a villager who could only run and trip. Like, it was... It was because every character had a different move set, and some of them had like nothing because they really were just meant to be, you know, there to run and trip on the ground. So that's what <laughs> that's what they did in the game. And you max them up to level ninety nine, so they trip and do like a hundred thousand damage or something to a guy. It was really weird. <laughs> that's amazing that they they included that. They were like, you know, we got all these art assets, we've got all this animation. That's out of versus mode, and you can be a villager. That's that's and it normally runs in the background, but instead, like they do damage when they fall down. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's and awesome. it was just such a it was it was like honestly it ended up being a really fun game in my household like we would actually get people together i didn't have a multi-tap sadly but what we would do is do two players but have all six players as with four being computer controlled mm -hmm. and just go nuts yeah and i used Zenovia. i want to say that was her name she was basically the the leader of the underworld army she was a, she was like she had a transformation. She came like a big black dragon, but otherwise she was just like a lady who was very fast, had a cami like drill kick, and like a sky uppercut. And cool. She was just, she was ridiculous. But I used her at max speed. She's just like dash over the back. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan but, of that of that move in fighting games and beat 'em ups where they jump in the air and do like a like a diagonal down motion like a drill. Yes. Yeah. yeah awesome. She's she. You would love that character. And she was a beast. Um, but yeah, this. I definitely feel just it counts as unexpected multiplayer because I don't think anyone bought this game aware that there was a freaking full-fledged arena in it, at least back when it came out, after it became common knowledge is another story. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about this game. I mean, I don't know much about this game to begin with, except from what you've told me, 
Um, so I didn't know idea there was this this kind of versus mode in there or arena it's, fighting. Yeah, it's a gem. Hmm. Let's keep the good. We're having like a really strong musical episode. I'm feeling really good about all the music we picked. Um, so my next one comes from. Okay, so we talked about the end of life of the Dreamcast and the and the launch of the PlayStation Two. This is a launch game for the PlayStation Two, which became an unexpected favorite between me and my friend group um, for versus for, for versus gameplay. Let me this, take a guess. Let me take a guess. All right. Because it's supposed to be unexpected multiplayer. Yeah. Were you and your friends fond of Fantavision? No, I don't think I ever played that game. That okay, was a long. That would have been. No. That would have been definitely. You like that's unexpected <laughs> multiplayer. No, no, no. Do you? Do you and your friends do Fantavision? <laughs> <laughs> we drink Fantas. That cloud. That's close we enough. We were right? drinking Fanta while we were playing the game Armored Core Two. I don't know if you played this one. Um, I'm familiar. Yes, so I haven't I, played it. But I'm I was a fan it. of the first one, and I, I really enjoyed like how complicated it was, and I like you know, I like mecha robot fighting stuff. Um, and then this, uh, there was there's like the next gen of Armored Core. So Armored Core Two for the PlayStation Two. Composed by Sukasa Saito. The track is called Chord E. bring us back you're listening to chord e from the game armored core 2 for the sony playstation composed by sukasa saito uh, saito 
um, going on going on to compose music for uh, more Armored Core games. Armored Core Nexus, I think, is one of the newer ones. He did some music for Bloodborne, and he did some music for Dark Souls 3. Um, yeah, so did a lot, a lot of work in some modern games as well. But some of the music in Armored Core 2 is really interesting. Like, really interesting rhythms, really interesting sounds. Um, this is definitely one of the more smoothest, the more straightforward track in the game. Um, and to me, it sounds like electronic music of this era, of like 2002, 2003. Um, this is a real toe tapper. To I guess not 2002, but like, it's a little bit earlier than that. But um, maybe 2001. But it is. So it is I remember. Cool. Now, go ahead. What were you saying? I was saying this is cool. You said you remember. So uh, I'm thinking like so. All right, so if I remember correctly, this game it was a it was a mech fighter. Yes. But was it mech versus mech or was it mech versus army of mechs? Yeah, it was like every the game was mainly like it was single player focused. So you would have like um, missions where it was like you against like five, where you and you'd have to like. Um, take something from one place to another place and there'd be like tanks coming after you in planes but like it was mainly like every once in a while it was you against one other but it was always like mission focused and you had all these missions you had to do as you completed the missions you were kind of like a, a, a soldier of war like mercenary type thing um, a soldier of fortune rather and so you would earn money as you did all of these missions and as you completed the missions you get you take the money and you'd buy new parts for your mech you'd buy like new arms and new legs and like weapons and stuff and you just keep progressing through the game. It was I always thought it was really, really neat. But we discovered there was a two-player mode. And me and my friend group, we loved fighting games. All we did was play Third Strike. We played Marvel Capcom. We played um, King of Fighters. And I got so into this game that I convinced them that this was like a fighting game. So what we would do, the, the, the versus mode allowed you to take um, any saved mech off of a memory card. Or off of your save game off a memory card. And you can play them against each other. So what I did was I played through the game almost all the way. And then I sold everything I had. So that I had just nothing and a ton of money, right? And then oh. I copied it to another memory card. And so what we would do is we would sit down and we would build from scratch with all the money we could we could, we could have in the game, whatever you wanted. And then oh, someone, that sounds awesome. And then you someone else like would go and build their mech however they wanted. And then we would fight them against each other. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. It's like a, almost like a blind dread. Well, not not quite a blind draft because you still get to outright choose what you want, but you do get to have a pick of the litter on like everything. Everything's at your disposal. You can just build the best mech you can. Yeah. But was it designed in a way where you were like rock paper scissoring it, where like this gun would be good against that, but if he picks this, then that won't be effective. I got to choose this instead. The, the or game was, was like so, high stats. Yeah. No, it was so hard to control that like. Every once in a while, I think something would happen. I remember it mostly being balanced, unless you picked like a like a laser sword, which did nothing but look cool. Because like anything you had to get that close to fight with in these types of games, you're like you're, yeah, it's never going to work out. Um, but yeah. rocket launcher for days. <laughs> yeah, someone's going to sit with you like a laser from like behind a mountain while you're like, I got a sword, I'm going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> missile pod, as a not rocket launcher, missile pods. Those are the things that mechs would usually have, like the nine missiles Actually, that, up on the shoulder and just like... That reminds me, um, when I was in junior high or so, we used to play Battletech. The, this was like a tabletop like war game, Battletech. And we would create your robots on paper and then you'd have like, these little figurines on a map that would like represent where they were like in this world and you'd fight them. But I was obsessed. That's like fun. That was really cool. It was really complicated. So we loved it. But it, it, I was obsessed with having the mechs being able to fight physically. 
And so I would like go in and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do uh, death from above and I'm going to jump off a mountain. I'm going to land on you. The thing is, if even if I hit, I did so much more damage to myself than to the other players that it didn't like I would always lose like really fast. But um, yeah, I was always obsessed with the idea that like robots could, could fight hand to hand also. But it only made sense if they all fought hand to hand and not like one had like a rocket launcher. And I was like, I have boxing gloves. Let's do it. <laughs> bam, bam. But like, yeah, I, I like, honestly, I've never played Armor Core 2, but I have played other like versus games that involve things like mechs yeah, or like, mechs specifically. There's Virtual On, which yeah, is, you, yeah. you love. That's a great one. Oh, yeah. Um, if you think of like, like the controls of Virtual On, it was designed where like every time you move the stick, something cool would happen, right? An armored burr, 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 burr. I know, in armored core, it was like it was a pain just getting that thing to move. Like it was like the controls were so weird. Like you had to like use the L and R to like turn left and right and like the sticks. Honestly, it's very that's a part slowly was like H Tech designed that game, but I have to look in that later. Oh, I think you're right, yeah, I think you're right. right. I think it was H Tech. Yeah, that sounds right. If oh. so, man, I'm I'm on I'll take that being on fire for five hundred points, Alex, if that's true. Yeah, you are like absolutely it. right. Really? Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, they did R-Type uh, series and R-Type Delta and Armored Core. But, like, uh, there's another game I used to have that wasn't mechs, but it was still that level of, like, frenetic fun of, like, that they, where you kind of, like, can, like, sh- side shuffle and run around, like, in a virtual own game. It's called, like, Gotcha Force. Oh. And you controlled a series, a, a team of toys, the different action figures. Oh, yeah. And they fought in living rooms and stuff. And it was a blast and a half to play. I still have it over here. Oh, so that looks cute. To break it out and play it again. Yeah, it's so colorful too. Yeah, ninjas and nurses and robots and like just various staples of toys. Mm-hmm. And it was just unex- that would have that was unexpectedly good. Like no one saw that game as being an underground hit, but it was. Mm. God, man, I gotta play it. It's probably worth money now too. I bet. That was a GameCube um, game, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Loved it so good. I would play it today if it, if I had people that wanted to play it. I'd relearn it. I have to relearn the damn thing, but I would totally play it again. I don't know why. I don't. I never. I never purchased any Nintendo systems like uh, past. No, I never have. That was your built-in money-saving mechanism. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Just take it for what it is. But now I'm thinking about a Switch. I'm like, oh, a Switch would be a good thing to have. Um, Switch is a good system. I, I stand firm on that. I have a PS5 and it doesn't get played compared to the Switch. Like yeah. the Switch is the one that's easy to find. Though admittedly, it wasn't easy to find when it first came out. So I can't. I can't hold. I can't make that clean. But I, for all the hype that the newer systems are getting, and the Switch being the older care family member of the trio or whatever, I still just get a lot of fun out of it. I can't explain why. I just do. So that's the one I recommend to people. Even if I have friends say Joy-Cons suck, like they do suck. I agree. I would still recommend the Switch over there. Ah, it's got, it's, right got it's got a good. It's got the library. It's got the on-the-go action. You can't take, you can't take the PS5 or like into like a into a backpack, you know, onto a shoulder thing and like plug then it. Then but then someone will tell you that you can stream it. I'm like, but I don't want to stream it. <laughs> I don't want to stream it to my phone. I want to play the machine. I'm old, man. Yeah. Back's going out. I'm not playing on the iPad. Yeah, I'll play it on exactly. The iPad. You can play the iPad. You can do that. Yeah, yeah, you're streaming it. You can play it on practically anything. I've heard people play it on their phones. Wow. But I'm like, no, I don't. I never got into that. I want to play the actual machine. Give I me did, the machine. I did do the streaming from the PS4 um, to the PC, so I could try playing um, Jackbox and stream it on Zoom that way. And um, how'd that, that go? 
Terribly. <laughs> <laughs> Even for Jackbox. Trying to stream video through Zoom is awful, first of all. And then trying to, to also stream from the, the PlayStation 4 across the, 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 the house was really difficult. So that, that was early pandemic. Let's try to play online games. Didn't work out too well with that one. Um, oh, now I remember. That's when you set up. That's when, like, when Daryl showed up and was on there. We were all playing online. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Online, early online. Now you can just play games on Steam, which, for the record, you should do that. I should just. I should. I mean, that should have been the go-to, right? That should have been. That's what you're playing Settlers on, isn't it? No, it's um, uh, playing Settlers of Catan on. It's called Coloni- Colonist IO, and it's a freebie. Oh, okay. Yeah. You should look in the board game arena too. Yeah, that's where you just move the pieces around, right? Isn't that what the Colonist IO is? I don't know. It's it's all it's all built in, like scorekeeping and cards, and it's all super simple. Yeah, that's how that's the kind of thing board game arena is. It's just it's all it's a digital board game because obviously I only use it when people really want to play online mm-hmm. and they're at a distance because like I prefer when I'm playing yeah. board games. I'm like the with the tactile feel. Does it have Does it have like matchmaking and stuff? Does it, does it have AI? Oh, yeah. It has an AI that's- you can play against. That I don't know. I've never checked, but I'm gonna. I wager they might. I usually have only used it to play with other people. But that's the thing. Like if you're talking about, you know, the idea of like we're remember we're this was a tangent from we talked about playing Jackbox. Yeah. Online. Like if you're like I want to play games with people at a distance because you know COVID times. Look in the board game right. Oh, okay. That's a good option for that. I'll have to check so. that out, and then I'll get better at Catan, and then no, no I don't one get will play better me. at Catan. I still will. no, I'd still play you because I have a I have a record to maintain. Here. I'm still good at Catan. Damn, <laughs> well, I'm gonna break it. Uh, I'm gonna break that record. I'm gonna start practicing no, three player. Ain't games. no breaking. <laughs> ain't no breaking. No, there's no there's no electric boogaloo here. Actually, he might be listening to this episode, Ooh, so he's there. Don't don't but, anger. Don't anger the EB. Oh no, I'm not angry. He's my man. I'm just saying when it comes down to Settlers of Catan 2 breaking my record, there's no there's no electric boogaloo here. There's no breaking two here. I will have my revenge. I will have my <laughs> revenge. Alright, so we're on to your final final pick. Alright. This is a tough one, but I think I'm gonna to have to just remove the track I was originally gonna play at the end of the episode in favor of the track I'm gonna bump for this track. Crap, this is hard. Anyway, um this track is from the game Catherine Full Body. And it's called It's a Golden Show. And I'm fairly positive it's composed by Shoji Maguro. I know a lot of the music is like Shoji Maguro doing arrangements of classical music, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why I was glad to pull... I had two tracks written down. These are tracks that aren't classical remixes. They're actual cover, actual tracks he composed for the game. Awesome. Let's give it a listen. <laughs>
We're going to let that one fade out because there was a really interesting intro right there. Ooh, that was cool. So that track was called It's a Golden Show. It's from the game Catherine Full Body, released on Xbox One and PS4, composed by Shoji Maguro. So the this one has a little bit of an interesting backstory to it. So, well, maybe not backstory, just interesting details in and of itself. And that Catherine was originally released back on the Xbox 360 and PS3. Hmm. That long ago, and it was originally meant to be a test model for what the engine that eventually became the thing that was used in Persona 5. So think about how many years that was in difference. Wow. Uh, but that game ended up being a puzzle game with the idea being that you were asleep in a dream world being haunted by you know nightmares that were trying to kill you in your sleep. And if you died in your sleep, you died for real. And there was a whole narrative around it, what it meant, why you were having nightmares, and whatever. Um, but the nightmare stages were puzzle action stages where you had to ascend a ever-collapsing tower. After you beat the actual game, you unlocked something called Babel Mode. Babel Mode was four different stages, and each of those stages was a series of, like, randomly generated blocks, though they followed a certain, like, style and pattern, which is why they were able to beat four stages. And you, the goal was, again, to reach the top. You could have a co-op mode in there, too, where you could have like another player come in and help you run the levels, and your goal was just to get to the top. And the final level was called Axis Monday. It was hard as the dickens. I never beat it, though the rumor was that it actually was easier to do it with two players because of how the blocks were generated. Huh. So, fast forward a little bit. I can't remember why or how, but the puzzle, the babble mode of Catherine became really popular for side betting at fighting game tournaments. Yes. Like, people were, like, making side bets in back alleys, or actually hotel rooms, for, uh, you know, for some extra scratch for being really good at Catherine. So, eventually, Atlas made a remake of the game called Catherine Full Body, and that's what released on Xbox One and PS4. They added an additional character and some extra levels, but the most unexpected thing was they added a full-blown multiplayer mode to uh, the game so it, with you racing. I assume the multiplayer mode was like already built into the game, but it wasn't until like after you've completed it. It was like a bonus. Mm-hmm. They put the multiplayer mode into the remake. Yeah, that's straight oh, up. Like you start your game multiplayer mode. It's there. You can play it. And Babel is there, but in addition to Babel, they had full-blown multiplayer stages. Mm. So they basically embraced the fact that people came to like that extra mode and people were doing time challenges on the end game stages to be like, you know, let's just make a full mode out of this. Oh, I love it. Because there's something to be said about someone hindering your progress by pulling out a block you were trying to use and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's actually a really methodical game. It's, Catherine is not easy. Like, I beat the main game on the normal difficulty and on the hard difficulty. And there was a level on normal, surprisingly not on hard mode, specifically on normal mode that I was stuck on for like two days. I could not figure out how to pass it. And I had to keep leaving and coming back until eventually one day I played it. It was like, wait, it makes sense now. I can do this. And then the Rapunzel minigame, freaking forget that nonsense. That was hell on earth. Uh, But nonetheless, the game is a fantastic gem. It's a game, hell, the game itself was unexpected. No one thought a game about a man being haunted by his dreams, chasing blocks and sheep, ascending a block tower would be fun. (laughs) And yet, it really was. They were trying to market it as a whole like adult drama, which it actually kind of is. It has mature themes and stuff in it. 
but I don't think anybody expected the puzzle element to be the be such a banger. Yeah. And well, the sound edge, yeah. edge, edge, edge is still in my head <laughs> like a decade later. I'm still I'll still well, say it every once in a while. I mean, we all know like like competitive games don't have to be about fighting and shooting. Like puzzle games are some of the best competitive games there are out. Oh yeah, that's where I love to play them too. Like I'm a fan of like getting people to play those, but it's surprisingly tough to get that to happen. Though I'll also say there's something about them compared to fighting games where I I take the losses harder. Maybe because I have the excuse in the fighting game where I can say, well, I've never really been good at it. I know, puzzle games, it's like, oh, my brain is, your brain beat my brain, you know, and, and I think that's where that comes in. It's more personal somehow. Um, oh, so yeah, that, that, that ties in my, my next game. This is a game called Star Sweep for the Sony PlayStation. Um, it is a puzzle game that was, um, <laughs> it was marketed in Amer- North America as kind of a bargain game. It just it was called Puzzle. I was right. Yeah. So it was like it was one of those games that was like like was like there was that one there was like Top Shop. Yep. And there was Battle Hunter, which I think I have on my shelf. Uh, yeah, yeah. Top Shop was just what Ikideki Street. Yes. Yeah, like well, that. not not quite Ikideki Street. It was like it was like Monopoly more so, mm-hmm. but it was like a two D game where you had to go between stores in the mall and actually yeah. buy the store oh, and then stock it with merchandise. Ever, it was so good. That was so good. But so many of these games, they sold for like 10 bucks, maybe $5 in some places, and they were amazing. Um, this is actually an arcade port of a, um, a really kind of a simple, simplistic um, puzzle game with like lots of cute anime characters, like really like cutesy style. Um, it's called Star Sweep, and the, compu- uh, the music is composed by Mitsuhio Arisaka, who is credited as Axela. And this this music, Pernell, I mean, when we do our uh, our next um, our, um, our next like uh, um, uh, anniversary episode? No, no well, with, with Hammock, but not not the cop hey, show. Um, oh, Buddy Cops. Not Buddy, buddy Cop, cop not Buddy Cops. So when next time we do sitcom opening themes, this this Ooh. this soundtrack's got to be in it. The soundtrack is is really really over the top. We're going to listen to the track Island of Rio from the game Star Sweep for the Sony PlayStation.
we're back. You're listening to Island of Rio from Star Sweep for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Mitsuhio Arisaka, credited as Axella. And yeah, there's a time where I was convincing my friends to put down the Street Fighter and pick up the puzzle games. And um, this one didn't take. It's really simple. It's hard to like get like a really deep co- like it. I think with a uh, good competitive puzzle games, you need like a combo system, and you need like really good like back and forth, like either attacks or some kind of retaliation system. This one didn't have any of that. It just had really cute characters and really easy gameplay, and it was really like brightly colored too. I can see this doing. I can see this doing really well in the arcades. Now you got me trying to remember. I'm looking at an actual thing right now to see if I can rem- if I can find it there because I'm forgetting the name. But there was an, a Star Sweep that's actually on this list. Um, but like it was a really it was a puzzle game that was also in the discount bin, and I liked it a lot. And it involved like flowers, like in the center of the screen, and yeah. you fired little dots into the flower petals, mm-hmm. and eventually if you got enough into the petal, it popped the petal. It was called like like, like puzzle pop or like flower pop or oh, that something. That doesn't sound familiar at all to me. Huh. Like I have it here. Like if I ask you on the next break, I'll go find it. I'll pull it out of the darn case. But like, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. It was like Puzzle Popper. Ah, screw this. <laughs> was it Wait. a? Was it a PlayStation game? Yeah, PS One game. It was also a discount game. And I remember one of the characters' name was just Lollipoppy. And it was like a girl who like like it was like boxing gloves and she made lollipops. Interesting. Interesting. Watch, yeah. I'm gonna find it. You're gonna see. Cause like I, I honestly was a big fan of it. Cause like. The problem was back then, they were having trouble selling puzzle games to people because they all thought they weren't worth the money. Because it's like, yeah. hey, here's this game that has like a bunch eight quick stages, and they weren't mm. charging how much for this crap? No. Yeah. So they were like, well, we can market them. Spin Jam. That's what it was called. Spin Jam. Okay, that, I know that game. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, that, that was the one where it was like it was like you, was, you spun the circle in the middle, which had flower petals attached to it, and you shot dots into them. Yeah, that was a cool one. That was yeah, I, I know you're talking. I, when you said flower petal, I, I couldn't really that didn't really like catch my brain. But I remember spin jam. And and but no one can stop Mr. Domino. But that one, that one had its uh, that was a game all of its own. <laughs> that did its own thing. <laughs> Mr. Domino walked to a beat of his own uh, drum. I guess like a little toy drum. <laughs> so no one can stop him. They try and fail. Many have I tried. Bunch of these old many games. have failed. Um, <laughs> Uh, so if you look for this soundtrack online, like there's a, it's a really really good soundtrack. The the arcade OST is also available online. Um, it's, it's kind of a lower resolution, but it's done up with more like a synthesizer, sampled sounds. So the PlayStation I feel like has really has the superior soundtrack. And actually the it's either on the PlayStation or maybe it was on the released OST for this game. There's a couple arranged uh, tracks of of the soundtrack that are really really good. But they all sound like this. They all sound like yeah, the opening to um, a TGIF uh, family sitcom. You know, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, like, I was, like in a good way. In a good way. I was like trading places. Yeah, totally talking about trading places. <laughs> but like, in a really good way. Um, all right, so I'm gonna turn this track down, and we're gonna get into the part of our show, not quite the end, but close to it. We call it the bonus round. The bonus, bonus round, bonus round. The bonus round is where we're playing covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And Purnell, what is? <laughs> I'll wait till your I'll wait till your mouth is full of water. <laughs> Blue drink. Uh, what is your bonus round track? So my bonus round track comes from 
This was actually like an official arrangement, apparently, but this comes from the game Mega Man Battle Network 3, which was originally released on the Game Boy Advance. Um, this is called Final Transmission, the 15th Anniversary Arrangement, and this was composed by Akari Kaida, Yoshino Aoki, Toshin, Toshino Aoki, and Toshihiko Horiyama. Transmission 15th anniversary arrangement from the game Battle Mega Man. Well, originally arranged from the game Mega Man Battle Network 3, released on the Game Boy Advance, composed by Yoshino Aoki. And Rob said the arranger was Masahiro Aoki. Yeah, Masahiro Aoki, who also goes by the name Godspeed, who we've had on the um, who we played on the show before from Street Fighter 5. He did a lot of the arrangements for Street Fighter Five, um, like season three or season four, like particularly the Ibuki track that we played, which makes sense because there was like a it was a big mix of like really heavy metal 
guitar and uh, heavy metal drums mixed with like that really cool um, shamisen and really cool acoustic guitar. So yeah, it was an awesome track. Like I like the original track in and of itself from the original game because Mega Man Battle Network. Well, then the, uh, heck, the original concept was something that I didn't expect to take off. It was a really weird theme come from playing all these other Mega Man games. Like, well, now you're in a world where Mega Man is a computer program and he's controlled by a kid out in the real world and they solve crimes. Like, why is the oven turning his cell phone? I don't know. Um, <laughs> actually, that was the first level of the first game was the oven turned his cell phone. So you had to send Mega Man into it to find the bug, which ended up being Fireman <laughs> in the oven. Um, but... The unexpected multiplayer comes in the form of the fact that I don't I can't remember if the first game had it, but I know at least the second and the third games did where you could actually battle your Mega Man against each other using your chip your chip layouts. Hmm. So think of chip layouts as like a deck where Mega Man is on a I want to say it's a three by six grid and you're maneuvering him from space to space and you have these different he can fire his Mega Buster like you normally could, but then if you use the chips. You could do special attacks associated with the chips, like you might have a sword that just swing like one, like a sword out one tile in front of you, or a long sword that goes three tiles out, or a wide sword that goes three tiles vertically. But if you put the right chips in the right order with the right letter associated with them, that's a whole mechanic. Um, you could actually unlock uh, advanced form moves. So if you take the short sword, the wide sword, and the long sword with the right letter combinations and stack them together. You get like an Omega Sword, and it oh. cuts like a three by three space, but you can only <laughs> use it once. But like, it was like such a fun time to come up with these good combinations. And then the later games involved things like Mega Man getting different styles, like mm. bubble style, water style, and air style, and then the bugs. And so you could have these special Mega Man customizations and see who has the better Mega Man customization. And even if you do have a better one, you still got to battle and win because it's a very frantic game. And it was popular enough that. Eventually, much later, we're talking like 2019, 2020, hmm. uh, a fan game came out called Far From, or like One Step From Eaton, which was specifically meant to draw on the nostalgia of the Mega Man Battle Network battle system. Yeah. And that game ramped up to like 11 because that thing is frantic. Yeah, I we I met the developers at MAGFest in 2018, I think. And it was like really, really early, and they had they hadn't done any music or anything yet. And then by 2019 or 2020, it was like full on, and um, like they had like the game was 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 made, or they were still like maybe they're still adding to it, but it was a full game, and people were into it. It, and it's it looks a lot of really fun. good. I still play it every once in a while here. I get my butt handed to me, but it's a lot of fun to try. All right, so my bonus round track for now: unexpected multiplayer is Final Fantasy VI. Oh, I'm glad you did that because I was going to hit my honorable mentions. <laughs> That's right. You can plug in a second controller and someone else can control another character during the battle. Yes, they too now, can press memory, the attack button. <laughs> but here's my thing. I'm, my memory's a little loose on this, but I feel like they even had it in the option where you could say this player controls these specific characters. Yes, yes. Which I thought was just amazing in the game. It's like, wow, RPGs can do that. <laughs> yeah it was I mean because it was active time battle right so you had to rely on your friends to hit it so so um while uh, one of my friends in high school was playing through Final Fantasy 6 I was you know watching and playing along too which was it's kind of funny because it keep, keeps you involved even though it's not 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 so much you know 
And essentially, it kind of was, because if you got into it enough, you could be like, well, I'm building these characters to my specifications. They're the ones I'm controlling, right? So they're going to be mine. Like, I'm going to give them this Esper, yeah. and I'm going to give them these skills, and, oh, per now, you should use Ultima. I don't want to use Ultima. Man, man, <laughs> That's true. They only use Fire 3. Those are really the only decisions you were making, because, like, otherwise, everything was still being done by the main player of the game, you know, assigning stats and uh, buying armor and all that. Anyway, the well, music... Why you lean pl- into it? You could lean into it. You could lean into it if you were civil and not like a bunch of high school goons. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, my track is a remix from Final Fantasy VI. The track is called Ghetto Palm, composed by Nobuo Uematsu, and this is remixed by Radio War.
and we're back. You're listening to Ghetto Palm from Final Fantasy VI, composed by Nobuo Uematsu and remixed and arranged by Radio War for OC Remix. And this is like one of the Radio Man. There's so many like synthwave remixes out there. This this one I feel is really captures that sound and does it in a really really good way. Like I feel like the production, the arrangement on this track is. It's perfect, spot spot on. I've listened to this twice today already. I just had it going on in the background. It's so this good. Is, this, well, this is the kind of track that I could see just looping yeah. for like an hour or three and you're not even noticing it because it it has a blendable track. It has a blendable sound to it. Yeah, but but there's so much like if you stop like listen, like there's all these little drum fills that don't always repeat. There's these little like synthesizer, like little like like little like flourishes he does that you don't really expect. It's really oh no really no cool. oh yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it's not oh, very, no, it doesn't no, have saying, a complexity or anything no no like, I, I, just, I'm not saying that you were insinuating that I'm just saying uh, that um there I, like if you kind of you can kind of like tune it out and then you tune back in and you're like whoa and then you kind of tune it back out again because it's got that rolling very repetitive drum drum beat yeah yeah I really enjoyed that one so yeah OC Remix always has some good jams out there really good compilations of video game remixes. I hate this because after you said you tune out and then you tune in, you tune out and then you tune in. Now I'm stuck on this. This is, I had a memory that stuck with me on this old Tiny Tune Adventures episode <laughs> where they had a song sung by MC Louse. What? Like a flea. And the song was called Tune Out, Tune In. And it was just him rapping, up, di- rapping about different Tiny Tunes characters. I love it. Why is that Why is that the thing that comes to mind when you just said tune out, tune in? <laughs> I hate everything. God, my memory just gets jogged by the strangest stuff. I think both you and I, man, our memories are like, you know what? You're not going to remember like what you did or what you ate for breakfast this morning, but you're going to remember something really obscure, like right now. <laughs> <laughs> that that one episode, Tiny Toons, you know, Flea Rapper. Oh, he's right there, baby, in the forefront. <laughs> All right, well, for more information. Where did I put my wallet? Yeah, it's gone. Your wallet is gone. <laughs> uh, for more information on the bonus round, go to Rhythm and Pixels. Dot com. And we'll have links to um, artists, SoundClouds, and Bandcamps, and everywhere where you can go find the music and download the music and buy the music and support these amazing artists. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 31-1 of Rhythm and Pixels. This was our our unexpected multiplayer, an unexpected topic episode. Yes, it was. And it was, it was actually pretty fun to do some digging on this topic because it made me really want to see if I could... Because it's not... For me, at least, it was... The main focus was games that I didn't even expect to have multiplayer at all. And it was just like, whoa, there's a mode here? Um, and it's surprisingly hard to find that kind of stuff because I'm talking it had to be a game that didn't even announce the mode. Like I had to come across it in the game. So I couldn't have read about it in a book or anything like that unless it was like, hey, here's a code for it. That counts still. What, um, um, what sticks out for me, and maybe it's because I was really young, but the original Double Dragon for the NES had that versus mode in it that was completely different from the single player. And, Wait, uh, it had a versus mode? Yeah. The, the, the original Double Dragon. For the NES, I did not. I didn't even know that. And uh, it was like uh, larger sprites, 
and you can pick between like a Bobo or like the main brothers and some other like of the enemy characters. Huh. It was really, yeah, I remember playing that over and over and over with my friends because I was like, wow, like why would this Double Dragon game have a versus mode attached to it? But it was, it, it was fun. And it wasn't a great, I mean, it was like kind of pr- like on the cusp of Street Fighter 2 or maybe it was like right after Street Fighter 2. So like fighting games weren't really quite figured out yet. And I think, feel like this might have been tacked onto it. But if you're talking about Double Dragon 1, it was well before Street Fighter 2, I would say. Because Double Dragon 1 was the 80s. Yeah, on the NES? Definitely 80s. Double Dragon 2 came out in 1990. Wow. Because wow, Double Dragon 2 that... came out in the same month as River City Ransom. Oh, no, they weren't big sprites. In my mind, I remember them being, like, very, very different. But uh... Well, remember the arcade Double Dragon had the large sprites. Um, oh, that must be what I'm thinking of. But in my mind, I'm, re- I'm remembering the, the characters in the NES version being different, but they were not. I'm, I'm putting it in the chat so you can take a look at it. People playing as a Bobo, punching each other. <laughs> that does look fun. I think that's... I want to say that's Double Dragon 2. What, what I just sent you? It was Double Dragon 1, man. I don't want to press it right now, because if I play the video, it'll be over the audio but yeah. I'll look at it when we're done the episode because no, it looks it, like two but it is definitely one definitely Double Dragon one um, yeah, but but take, I take a look at that it's, it, it I'm going to have to because I because we're we're on a bet now I need to know I, I need to know <laughs> we're like, not going to bet you're, that. you're just like I don't believe you but I believe you but I don't believe you <laughs> I get competitive man it's like I even feel bad like you played through the game and you're like I beat the game and I'm like well, I mean, I can't give you crap. I mean, you're an adult with a family. I mean, pe- people do that. I mean, they're not going to play games. You have things you need to do. Like, well, I, mean, I have all the time in the world for games. Yeah, I, I mean, I will. I just, I have to do them very slowly. But admit, I, just like, I still like to tease you about that specific oh, game. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't help I, it. And I don't mind. But I understand. And let us never speak of this game again. <laughs> the Metaverse? Come on. We got Facebook called MetaNail. It's all about the Metaverse. <sighs> I can't believe they call them. Yeah, they call themselves Meta. It's a palace. It's a. It's it's uh. Is is Zuckerberg's palace? It's mementos. It's what it is. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. It's, it's a more, really really depressing mementos. Yeah, everyone's in jail. Um, but like, but like, did you have any honorable mention titles for this episode? Uh, D- Double Dragon was the only other one that was on my mind. Did you have any others? I had a few. Um, Secret of Mana was the easy one mm. for this because. I bought that game, had no idea it was a multiplayer, oh, and really? it wasn't mentioned in any magazines. It was just something I stumbled across in the game itself. Um, let me see, Dead Space 3, but that was less about, you know, not knowing it had multiplayer, more about I didn't expect them to do that, because that was the first one where he's like, you have multiplayer, the other player can just jump in at any time, and there's actually certain areas you can only get to with a co-op buddy. It was weird. Um, Resident Evil 5, not only did I not expect that game to work, but it was really good. But I can't imagine playing it solo. Like, I couldn't. Mm. I beat the game multiple times with friends, but I would never play it alone. And then Resident Evil 6 was just... God, I'm sorry. Um, and then the last game I have for honorable mention was Legend of Zelda Four Swords. And oh, that, right. that game was a pack-in. The original one was a pack-in with Zelda Link to the Past for the Game Boy Advance. Unexpected multiplayer. Did not expect them to even attempt it. Did not expect it to come down the pike, and boom, it was a blast in the head. I'd play it today if anybody wanted to. I still have it on the GameCube with all the stuff, and I have like at least three Game Boy Advances, four if I can get the screen fixed on this one. But 
<laughs> so one day there's going to be a Four Swords party. That's right. Uh, it's a blast. That game is so fun. Everybody bring your swords. Bring your swords. Don't bring your shovels. That's, all that treasure is for me. <laughs> now that's one. Um, a multiplayer shovel knight. That would be... Wait, does that... I think that exists. Yeah, totally. It's like a beat-em-up on the treasure trove, maybe? No, it's just... you. you play, I think some of the... Either levels are... I'm not sure if the levels are expanded or not, but you play it co-op through the whole game. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to go back and double-check that, because I know... Well, not that. I, I believe you on that, but like... I want to say a lot that was added for treasure trove. Because you know what I'm talking about when I say treasure oh, trove? Yes, 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 yes. The, um, the, the expansion, like the, um, the Kickstarter or whatever goals that they hit. Mm-hmm. And they just eventually re-released it. It's like, this is a treasure trove, which is all these games packaged together. And then they redid some stuff for Shovel Knight 1, the original Shovel Knight, mm-hmm. for that package. Yeah. Um, but like that would be... But I feel like there was like a Shovel Knight showdown game, too, where you actually battled with the different Shovel Knights Ooh. or the different Knights of No Quarter, Order of No Quarter Knights. That's the name I'm sticking to with the Order of No Quarter. No Quarter is in uh, there somewhere, which I always like. I always felt like yeah, no quarters at the arcade. So they didn't know. No quarters. <laughs> Anyway, I, I enjoyed this topic a whole, whole lot. Um, it really kind of dug into the mechanics of some of these games and like what we remembered of them also, like what was memorable to us. I want to take a vote. Mm. It's only just the two of us, but still, <laughs> I want to take a vote. Um, I think the Patreon topic for January should be multiplayer memories. Yes, let's do that. Multiplayer memories for the end of January. I think that's a good idea. It was just—it was just like you said. It was a lot of fun to sit here and think about this stuff. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like the patrons would like it too. Like yeah. It'd be fun. So, if you have a, a track suggestion for that episode or any other episode or a topic suggestion, please send us an email at our email Rhythm address. Rhythm and Pixels <laughs> at hotmail.com. You bombarded me. You bamboozled me. I did it. I got. I got in front of you. Um, and if you want a full track listing of this episode of all of our episodes. Um, and um, access to all of our episodes go to our website Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail www.rhythmandpixels.com <laughs> Why do I even add the www? We're old man! You like to, you just you just like it I do like www, it's fun um, So you can go there for all all of our episodes are there they go well past 150 that are on the podcast feed that you may be looking at so you can go down to go, go check out Rhythm and Pixels Babies um, and World <laughs> 1, World 2. You can check that out there. We're also on all of the social places, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as Rhythm and Pixels. Uh, YouTube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels is our 24-7 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts radio station. So you can check that out. It's um, it's good to have while you're working. It's good to have if you're streaming on Twitch and you want some music to play, you can play that in the background. It is um, ad-free and it is it's not gonna it's not gonna trigger any um, copyright alarms so I gotta tell you right nice now to have in the background you're mentioning a rhythm and pixels babies I wish we had a game dev friend that was like you know I I'm I'm coding an unreal I can make a game because I feel like a podcast beat em up game would be hilariously fun <laughs> yeah all the podcasters beating each other up it's just like real life no no uh, no it would be slapstick fun of course it wouldn't yeah. be serious <laughs> So uh, it's all on YouTube, youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. It's also on twitch.tv slash Rhythm and Pixels. And if you'd like to support the show, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you're at. Um, or you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that allows you to do so. Um, you can also support us by going to patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. And when you're there, you get access to 
um, weekly um, uh, prequel episodes. You get access to monthly live-streamed recorded episodes. You also get cool stuff like mugs and stickers and T-shirts. There's all sorts of neat stuff there at different tiers at the uh, Patreon. And at the end of every episode, we like to thank all of our Patreon members at the highest tiers. So we like to start with, excuse me, we like to thank the start. We like to start thanking. We'd like to start the thank yous with Frankly Zappa, Kristen, Mike Myers, Ulf Person, Vashon8060, Alex Messenger from VGM Journey, Andreas Mailberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Werma, uh, Camille, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, aka Musashi219, Christopher Senstrom, Davy Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, Michael Jennings, Rage Cage, Reinhard Zelkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, and Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. Embassy, Embassy, Embassy. Embassy? Embassy, Embassy. And um, I need to get with him because I have an episode that we were going to record in January for his show. What was the topic? Uh, we were going to do the history of Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, snap. Pick a song from there. every mix. No, Pump is going to get the honorable mention as well as <laughs> In the Groove. Um, oh, that reminds me, um, Godspeed also did a ton of music for um, a lot of the rhythm games like uh, Gitadora and Chunitha. Really? Yes. So now I'm going to look that up because you know Gitadora was my thing. And I think he is a sibling of Yasunori Aoki who, because... Um, uh, Yasunori Oki was big for pop music. His, his name was on the marquee. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Yes. Um, Yoshino Aoki, who did the, the Mega Man uh, Battle Network. She, I think her brother, or maybe maybe someone related to her, is Masahiro Aoki uh, Godspeed. So that's really interesting. All these like connections, especially within the companies. like They get people, their friends, or their, or their, their relatives hired into these companies. But God's, hey, if you Godspeed, can bop, you can bop. Godspeed is really good. And maybe it's just a musical family. I, I, I believe that. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for your support of our show. Um, it means a whole, whole lot to us. It it's, uh, keeps everything running, keeps us motivated, keeps us editing and recording and all of that. So um, we have not stopped. Week after week, we are on top of things. Can't stop the bop, and there's something to be said about like you know even in the worst periods of time, it's something about doing a record where it's like you go from like uh, fudge to hey hey yeah. music, you talk about games. Yeah, it's well, I mean it's it's good to chat, you know, because otherwise like you know we chat with each other, but we hang out, but um, sometimes we don't reach out unless like we have like um, something to talk about, and this gives us this gives us something to talk about. Something to talk about. Give it something to sneeze about. Talk about the... All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. And we'll see you next week. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thanks for listening. And remember, this is an oldie but a goodie. Give that blood if you need to, because they need you to do it. Donate blood when you can. There's seriously a need for it. Funny enough, I did my I did a donation recently. I have donated officially eight gallons of blood. Oh, wow. I'm working towards filling a pool, baby. <laughs> well, maybe not a pool, but a really large container. Um, but yeah, eight gallons of blood have been donated by me, which is surprisingly, which is interesting. Um, and I'd keep, I'm going to keep doing it. 
we'll see what I make it to before my, you know, my, my, my final donation. But they need the blood. Keep donating the blood. Also, rest in peace, Betty White. You were a, you were a gem. And the Golden Girls aura power is now out in the world to, for the world to consume because no other vessel could contain such a force. Only she could do it. Oh, yeah.